Well, hi there, and welcome to 45 RPM Music of the 40s and 50s. I'm your host, Sam Waldron. Today's show is called It's Jane. It's a sort of musical biography of a girl who grew up in the 1950s in a small town nestled in the foothills of the Cascade Mountains of western Washington. A highway came through the town and intersected a total of three streets. The nearest city of any size was, and still is, about 75 miles away. They were pretty isolated. Jane's family didn't get a TV until she was in the third grade, and reception was pretty spotty. Actually, there wasn't much radio reception either. Jane always felt like she was in the public eye. She was expected to get good grades and stay out of trouble, which she mostly did. They lived right next door to the public school, where her mother was a teacher, her dad was the principal. She knew, and everybody else knew, that she was a PK, a principal's kid. A big day in Jane's life came when her mom and dad took her into the city to see a movie for the first time. The movie was called Oklahoma, and Jane was just amazed by that 15-foot-high movie screen. They got popcorn, then came the cartoons. What a treat! The movie itself was filmed in Technicolor and four-channel stereo sound, and Jane was entranced the moment she heard the opening song, which went like this. There's a bright golden haze on the meadow. There's a bright golden haze on the meadow. The corn is as high as an elephant's eye. And it looks like it's climbing clear up to the sky. Oh, what a beautiful morning. Oh, what a beautiful day. I got a beautiful feeling. Everything's going my way. All the cattle are standing like statues. All the cattle are standing like statues. They don't turn their heads as they see me ride by. But a little brown maverick is winking her eye. Oh, what a beautiful morning. Oh, what a beautiful day. I got a beautiful feeling. Everything's going my way. All the sounds of the earth are like music. All the sounds of the earth are like music. The breeze is so busy, it don't miss a tree. And old weeping willer is laughing at me. Oh, what a beautiful morning. Oh, what a beautiful day. I got a beautiful feeling. Everything's going. Oh. 
from the soundtrack of the movie Oklahoma, Gordon McRae, and Oh, What a Beautiful Morning. You're listening to 45 RPM, music of the 40s and 50s. I'm your host, Sam Waldron. Our show today is called It's Jane, the story of one of our listeners and the music she grew up with in the 1950s. Jane was the oldest of four kids, and the town where she lived was so small that everybody knew everybody. She and her friends roamed freely for miles, and they used the school playground as their backyard. Every summer, Jane's Aunt Betty came to stay with her family for a week. Betty lived about five hours away in Eugene, Oregon, and she loved the kids. They loved her, too. After Jane had talked excitedly about seeing the movie Oklahoma, Aunt Betty, after checking with Jane's parents, of course, asked Jane if she'd like to go into town to see a movie at the drive-in. Well, of course, Jane said yes. It meant she got to stay up really late, since the movie didn't even start until it got dark. They bought popcorn. They hung the metal loudspeaker on their car window, watched some cartoons, and soon it was showtime. The movie was called April Love, and that night Jane fell head over heels in love with the lead actor, Pat Boone. He was good-looking, clean-cut, and he drove a convertible. Jane still loves this song. Stars, a wishing star that shines for you. April love is all the seven wonders. One little kiss can tell you this is true. Sometimes an April day will suddenly bring showers, rain to grow the flowers for her first bouquet. But April love can slip right through.
Pat Boone and the title song from his movie April Love. While Jane's contemporaries in the big cities were listening to popular music, most of the music Jane knew was from her parents' collection of 78 RPM discs, featuring performers like Bing Crosby, Frank Sinatra, Doris Day, Al Jolson, Nat King Cole, and Glenn Miller. When she was in the fourth grade, Jane got her very own record player. The nearest record store was an hour and a half away, if you could get there, and Jane started out owning just one record, which she played again and again until it wore out. Here it is. Photographers will snap us And you'll find that you're in the rotogravure Oh, I could write a sonnet About your Easter bonnet And of the girl I'm taking To the Easter I'm your host, Sam Waldron, with you on 45 RPM, music of the 40s and 50s. Today's show is about the early life of one of our listeners named Jane, who grew up in an isolated small town. We just heard Guy Lombardo and his Royal Canadians perform the Easter Parade, the first record that Jane ever owned. Now, if you're thinking that so far this story isn't exactly a page-turner, you're right, but don't give up yet. The same year Jane got that record player, she started to learn about trouble. There was a boy in her school named Tommy. He was a year older, and Jane knew that for some reason Tommy had a bad reputation. Her folks were friends with Tommy's parents, and one afternoon, when they were all at Tommy's house, 
Tommy and his older brother started showing Jane and her siblings their toys and records. They had quite a collection, including some by a performer who was pretty controversial, at least in Jane's house, Elvis Presley. Jane didn't know a lot about current popular music, and when Tommy and his brother played Hound Dog, Jane was kind of startled, partly because the lyrics made it sound like Elvis was describing a dog that spent his life crapping all the time. You ain't nothing but a hound dog, Elvis Presley and Hound Dog. Well, Jane was always a thinker. She could put two and two together. She connected Tommy's records with his bad reputation and decided that popular records must be pretty bad if he played them. Around that same time, Jane and one of her girlfriends accepted a ride in a convertible owned by a high school boy who lived down the street. Jane's mom saw this and gave the girls a stern lecture, implying that bad things might happen in a car with an older boy. Jane paid attention, but she still always wanted a convertible, and now that's what she drives. In the sixth grade, Jane got a record of marching music. On weekends, when the weather was good, she would get a long extension cord, take her record player out into the yard, and then march around twirling her baton to music like this. Thank you. 
That was American Patrol, performed by the BBC Big Band. Music was always a big part of Jane's life. In the fifth grade, she learned to play the clarinet. In high school, she played the oboe in the school band. Jane's mom played the piano in church and at weddings and graduations. Jane learned to play, too, but only one song, Pomp and Circumstance. The song has a slow, deliberate pace that seems designed to slow down the march of graduates so they won't trip over their black graduation gowns. I never heard Jane play this piece, but I think it probably sounded a lot like this.
pomp and circumstance, the one song that Jean could play on her mother's piano. There's more trouble ahead in our story. About the time she was starting high school, Jane got a special birthday present, a silver-toned transistor radio from Sears with a leather case. She loved that radio, even though there wasn't much to listen to in her hometown. However, and this is where the trouble comes in, Jane discovered that if she climbed out her upstairs bedroom window onto the roof late at night, she could pick up long-distance signals and listen to radio stations like KSL in Salt Lake City, KNBR in San Francisco, and a couple of times she even pulled in WWL from New Orleans. What an amazing link to the outside world. She knew at the time that her parents wouldn't approve of her going out on the roof at night, so she did it on the sly. Half a century later, she and one of her sisters told their 96-year-old mom about this, and in Jane's words, it didn't go over well. Well, now let's listen to two songs that Jane heard for the first time one night when she was up on the roof. The first was sung by Elvis Presley. It made Jane think his music wasn't necessarily so dangerous after all. And after that, we'll hear a Ricky Nelson song. Let the stars fade and fall And I won't care at all as long as I have you Every kiss brings a thrill And I know that it will As long as I have you Let's think of the future Forget the past You're not my first love my last take the love that I bring and I'll have everything as long as I have you let's think of the future forget the past you're not my first love but you're my last As long as I have you As long As long as I Have you As long as I have you I'll always be just 
just a rolling stone If I find fortune and fame And lots of people know my name That won't mean a thing if I'm all alone I get no rest when I'm feeling weary I gotta pack my bags and go Ricky Nelson and Teenage Idol. And right before that, Elvis Presley sang, As Long As I Have You. If you're wondering where this story is heading, here are some headlines from the second half of our show. Jane goes to high school and attends every sock hop, but never dances. Jane becomes a counselor at summer camp and meets a mysterious guy from Ohio. Jane stays out of trouble so thoroughly that Frankie Lyman and the teenagers record a popular song about it. And at the start of her senior year in high school, Jane decides she's been too boring and her personality needs an upgrade. I'm your host, Sam Waldron. In today's show, we're using music to illustrate the life of one of our listeners who grew up in a small, isolated town in the mountains of Washington State. For her first three years in high school, Jane went to all the school dances. These Friday night events were called sock hops because shoes were taboo on the gymnasium floor. Here's a song she still enjoys from those sock hop days. I hoped and I 
Penguins and Earth Angel, a song that always brings back memories to Jane of sock hops in high school. Typically, the girls would stand along the wall on one side and the boys on the other. When a guy would walk across the gym floor, the girls all wondered with a mix of hope and dread who he might pick. Meanwhile, on that long, long walk with everybody watching, the guy had to hope he wouldn't be turned down or laughed at for picking a girl who might think he wasn't good enough for her. Not once in those three years did anybody ask Jane to dance. Now maybe the guys were dopes, or maybe they thought the principal's kid was off-limits and untouchable. This reminds me of a 1950s hit record by Bobby Freeman. Its title is made up of five words that Jane never heard.
Do You Want to Dance, performed by Bobby Freeman. In the summer between her sophomore and junior years, Jane got a job as a camp counselor. She was in charge of a cabin of five girls, and it was the perfect place for her big sister instincts to shine. Jane took her young charges swimming. She helped them learn archery and badminton. They had campfires at night, made s'mores, and every Thursday night, they went on a snipe hunt. Now, just to refresh your memory, nobody knew, and to this day nobody knows, exactly what a snipe is, but that never stopped eight cabins worth of young campers from roaming around the camp with flashlights. Jane had a ukulele. She liked to lead the girls as they sang old favorite songs around the campfire. The girls had fun making up new lyrics, usually silly and sometimes even a little bit naughty, like this. Grandma, don't sit on the range, or your nighty will go up in flames. When Gene Autry recorded that song, it's a pity he didn't have the benefit of the sophisticated creativity of Jane's campers, so he had to stick to the traditional lyrics. Oh, give me a home where the buffalo roam, where the deer and the antelope play, where seldom is heard a discouraging word. And the skies are not cloudy all day Home, home on the range Where the deer and the antelope play Where seldom is heard a discouraging word and the skies are not cloudy all day How often at night When the heavens are bright With the light from the glittering stars Have I stood there amazed And asked as I gazed if their glory exceeds that of ours Home, home on the range Where the deer and the antelope play Where seldom is heard a discouraging word and the skies are not cloudy all day. Home, home on the range, where the deer and the antelope play, where seldom is heard a discouraging word, and the skies and Home on the Range. You're listening to 45 RPM music of the 40s and 50s. 
I'm your host, Sam Waldron. Our show today is called It's Jane, a musical biography of one of our listeners and the music she grew up with in the 1950s. It was no surprise that everybody at summer camp loved Jane, and she was invited back the next summer to be a senior camp counselor. That meant she got paid $5 more every week, and the junior counselors looked up to her as an example. Jane did all the same things with her charges this second summer, and every Tuesday her cabin would start the day in the mess hall where they would make sandwiches and pack cookies, an apple and some carrot sticks to take for their lunches on an all-day hike in the woods. Now, all day was over about 2.30 in the afternoon, but everybody seemed fine with that. Something else kind of interesting happened during this second summer at camp. One of the other counselors was a guy her age. He was from Ohio, and his name, well, we'll get to that momentarily. He was tall, good-looking, and pretty shy. He seemed interested in Jane, and she found ways to make herself available so they could accidentally run into each other. Now, if you're wondering what his name really was, well, here's a hit record by Sue Thompson with the answer. That was Sue Thompson and a song called Norman, revealing the name of a summer camp counselor who seemed to take a liking to Jane. As the weeks went by, Norman and Jane found more and more opportunities to walk in the woods or stand around and talk down by the swimming dock beside the lake. She had never known anybody from as far away as Ohio, and he had an accent that she found intriguing. But Jane was shy, and so was he. 
Norman never did tell Jane just what was on his mind, but Johnny Mathis described it pretty well in this recording called I Look at You. What more could I want if I had you? Johnny Mathis and I Look at You. In the fall, Norman went back to his home in Ohio. He wrote Jane a letter. She wrote him back, and that was the end of it. I'm not sure where Norman is now, but the last I heard, about 15 years ago, he was the head accountant for a large church in Atlanta. I'm Sam Waldron, your host on 45 RPM, music of the 40s and 50s. I hope you've been with us from the start. But if not, I'll remind you we're using music to illustrate the life of a young woman named Jane in the 1950s. And here's something else interesting. Over spring break of her junior year, Jane took a bus down to Eugene to spend a few days with her Aunt Betty and Uncle Jim. On the way, she sat next to a man whose name was Doug. Jane told him about her hometown and how careful she had to be to stay out of trouble. Doug turned out to be a very good listener. Jane didn't know it but he had a side gig as a songwriter, and he used her as the inspiration for a song he sold that was recorded by Frankie Lyman and the Teenagers. This is called, I Am Not a Juvenile Delinquent. 
I'm not a juvenile delinquent. No, 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 I'm not a juvenile delinquent. Do the thing that's right and you'll do nothing wrong. Life will be so nice. Frankie Lyman and the Teenagers, and I Am Not a Juvenile Delinquent. When she was ready for her senior year of high school, Jane's family moved to a new town, an even smaller one. She decided she had a boring personality, and this would be a good opportunity for a fresh start. She thought she should be perkier. Today, we might say she was planning to launch Jane version 2.0. She did all the right things, smiled a lot, quickly learned the names of all of her classmates, really listened to them, laughed with them, and deliberately found ways to appreciate their world, and to her amazement, it worked. She graduated first in her class with straight A's and even managed ever so briefly to catch the attention of the most popular hunk on the football team. Jane had a friend named Patty who lived in a neighboring town, and a few weeks after they both graduated, Jane spent the weekend at Patty's place. Patty told Jane she'd decided to give her presentation an upgrade, Sort of a Patty version 3.0, I suppose. I'm not sure exactly what Jane and Patty were hoping to accomplish when they went to the lake for one afternoon, but I doubt it was anything like, oh, let's see if we can get into a really embarrassing situation. Brian Highland had a hit record that described what happened not to Jane, but to her friend Patty. 
She's afraid to come out of the water And I wonder what she's gonna do Now she's afraid to come out of the water And the poor little girl's turning blue Two, three, four, tell the people what she wore It was an itsy-bitsy teeny-weeny yellow polka dot bikini That she wore for the first time today An itsy-bitsy teeny-weeny Brian Highland and the itsy-bitsy, teeny-weeny, yellow polka-dot bikini. At that point in her life, right after high school, Jane imagined her future would be as a home economics teacher. She would cook and sew and decorate and garden. For a little while, she thought she might like to join the Peace Corps and help make the world a better place. But then, real life stepped in. Jane got married. She took a three-month class learning to key punch got a job with a state licensing agency. She learned computer skills and worked her way up the ladder of success until she retired at the age of 51. Today, she's not a school teacher, and what used to be called home economics is pretty much dead. But Jane drives her convertible with the top down. She's got two daughters, two grandchildren. She's got lots of friends. She teaches women to make creative clothing. Her students love her, and I've seen some of the things she's inspired them to make. All in all, Jane did a great job of escaping the boundaries of that small town where she grew up. She's been to nearly every corner of the United States. She's traveled to Europe, Africa, Latin America, and China. And her remaining bucket list includes Japan, Russia, and Iceland. All this is very good for Jane, and I'm happy for her. But it leaves me with a problem. How do I find a piece of music to illustrate all that success? When I reached back to some of the music Jane listened to on her parents' 78 RPM records, I found one on which Al Jolson sang a ragtime song from 1911. For this show, I found a perkier version of that song, arranged and conducted by Billy Vaughn in 1959, 
And that's how we're going to end the show. Right after, I extend my thanks to Jane, Norman, Patty, Aunt Betty, the songwriter on the bus, and everyone else who helped me put together this story. Now here's the final piece of music performed by Billy Vaughn, which sums up Jane's new life. And if you listen all the way to the very, very end, you'll get to hear from somebody special.